0: Welcome to Motherhood from the Brain, a podcast guiding moms of preteen girls on how to navigate emotional challenges that are not addressed in school. We share real stories, expert advice, and brain-based methods for handling tough moments. Discover insights to create a deeper connection with your preteen and improve your motherhood journey. Let's tackle the uncharted territory of parenting together. Hosted by professional certified coach, Esther Babazi.
1: Hello there, moms. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night from wherever you're listening in from. Welcome to the eighth episode of the Motherhood and the Brain podcast. The podcast for moms who are struggling or feel stuck or frustrated as they raise their preteen daughters. This podcast is its purpose is to help at least one mother out there who is in the same place I was those years ago, where I felt stuck, frustrated and confused because I did not know how to do this whole mothering thing. Before we begin today's episode, I just want to state a brief disclaimer. The content provided in this episode is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. While I strive to present accurate and insightful information, every individual's experiences and circumstances are unique. Listeners are encouraged to consult with qualified healthcare professionals or mental health professionals regarding any questions or concerns they may have about their own emotional well-being or the topics discussed in this episode. If you or someone you know is experiencing distress or mental health issues, please seek appropriate support from a licensed professional or contact emergency services if necessary. By listening to this podcast, you know, You acknowledge and agree that the host and the producers are not liable for any actions taken or decisions made based on the information provided herein. Thank you for your understanding and for joining us on this journey of mental and emotional wellness. Thank you for offering your time and taking us with you wherever you go or as you do the dishes. So in today's episode, I am going to share a personal story and the visceral reaction it elicited in me and the process of self-regulation that followed. This is important because self-regulation helps us manage stress, it helps us regulate our emotions, and it helps us create a nurturing environment for our preteens. So, one day... After I had thoroughly cleaned the kitchen and wiped everything down, you know how you you wake up one day and you clean everything. So I cleaned everything down, wiped everything down, and I put everything in order. And I went out to run a few errands. Around maybe two hours later, I come home to find baking flour, dough crumbs. Some water and stuff on some of the counters and the cabinet door handles and the floor. The kitchen sink was full of used utensils. I, in that moment, I felt my head spin. I felt a wave of anger rising in my stomach. I felt like something was churning away in my stomach. I took a physical step back and talk to myself audibly, that I'm fine, nothing has gone wrong, I'm not in physical danger, I'm okay, there is no immediate threat to my survival. I rationalized that I have just come home, and my brain registered that the kitchen was a mess. I went out of the house to do stuff, everything was in order, and now that I come home, everything is in a mess, so my my brain has registered that, As some form of threat, and that is why I'm feeling whatever is going on in my body, i.e., the churning sensation and the wave rising in my stomach. Then I went on to rationalize. There is flour on the counters, on some of the counters, there is flour on some of the counters, there is flour on the floor, right below those counters, and there is flour and door crumbs on the kitchen cabinets, doors, and there is Flour and door crumbs on the counters, on some of the counters. I might have said this a few more times, but I tried to mention what is happening, mention what is going on for my brain to calm down. And the more I said this, the more I rationalized and stated what was happening, what I was seeing, and why I was feeling the way I was feeling, slowly I felt the wave of anger and the churning start to release their grip and lose their power. I felt myself calmer and I felt I no longer felt angry, and I, my head was no longer spinning. Now, let's unpack the science behind this reaction. Our childhood experiences play a crucial role in shaping how our brains respond to stressors later on in our lives. Our nervous system responses are shaped by how we observed our guardians and parents respond to similar situations. For example, in my case, how my guardians and parents handled unexpected messes or disruption to their order. If they tended to react with frustration and anger, I might have learned to respond similarly when faced with a similar circumstance or circumstances like in the above example. The quality science says that the quality of our early attachments particularly with primary caregivers, can influence our emotional regulation methods. Attachments is a whole other topic that I will not go into today. If you had parents, our guardians, who were inconsistent or harsh in their responses to your emotional needs, you may have developed less adaptive coping mechanisms, such as a heightened reactivity to perceived threats to your order or control. If you grew up in an environment that was frequently chaotic or experienced significant changes, you may be prone to feeling overwhelmed by unexpected changes in your environment as an adult. If cleanliness and order were highly valued in your family or cultural upbringing, you may place greater importance on maintaining those standards and feel more distressed when they are not met. So I came home expecting to see a clean kitchen as I left it, but the sight of flour, door, used utensils in the sink violated my expectations, causing what we call a cognitive dissonance. This unexpected change triggered a stress response in my brain that I felt in my body. While there is no physical danger My brain perceived the messy kitchen as a threat to my comfort and sense of order. This perception triggered the flight and fight response, leading to feelings of anger and agitation. When I talked to myself aloud, reminding myself of the lack of physical danger and calming myself down, this was a form of self-regulation that I used to calm my nervous system response. When I rationalized the situation and reminded myself that it's not a life-threatening scenario, I was able to bring down the intensity of the emotional response. And after I calmed down, I went to speak with my daughter who was at home at the time to find out what happened. Turns out she had been making homemade bubble tea. I don't know whether you've heard of it, but it's a thing. Some people call it bubble, some people call it boba tea. And she could not figure out how to make the bubbles firm. I understand the bubbles are supposed to be firm, they're supposed to be firm and round, but they're supposed to be soft, but firm and round. And when she attempted to make them, they turned out to be soft and not firm. So when she made the tea, they just kind of melted or got mashed up in the tea. And she left in, she stormed off in frustration because she could not make what she wanted. So she abandoned everything and just left and, because she felt frustrated. Okay, of course, she did not say it like that. But she, from what she told me, I understood that she felt frustrated when she could not make the bubbles the way she wanted them to be. And out of frustration, she just abandoned everything and went to her room. So, we had a discussion around it. I told her how I just cleaned the kitchen and how important it is to clean up after ourselves. Like, this is like the nth time we are having this discussion of cleaning up after ourselves. And she ended up cleaning and wiping everything down. No harm done. Now, before coaching and learning these tools, it would have been a totally different scenario. I would have yelled at my daughter, then beat myself up for yelling. I would have ended up feeling guilty, ashamed, and regretted everything. Because yelling can be some way, some like, it's it, it sounds very backward thinking, but yelling can be a way of asserting control and establishing boundaries in a threatening situation. So when, by, by raising my voice, I would have hoped to deter or discourage the threat from escalating further, which does not even make sense when I say it. The kitchen was already messy. So even if I yelled at her, it would not, not make a difference. And what would have happened, most likely would be the conflict would have been escalated. Yelling would have triggered a similar response in my child, leading to a cycle of escal- escalating aggression. And of course, a communication breakdown and unconsciously teaching her that this is the way to react, respond to stressful situations. I did not even know that I had it within me that I could create my own safety. Like Before I I got scorched and certified, I did not know about creating our own psychological safety. I didn't even know that it was a thing. In order for us to calm our nervous system response, we need to create what they call psychological safety for ourselves. And the way I was taught to do this is to be kind to myself. That is why I was telling myself, I'm fine, I'm okay, nothing has gone wrong. I did not beat myself up when my emotional response was heightened. I tried to calm myself down. By talking kindly to myself. Because when we are criticizing ourselves and beating ourselves up or down, our nervous system does not come down. It becomes like some cycle of more heightened stress. When our nervous system is activated, it's helpful to pay attention to what is going on in our body, not just what is going on in our brain. And this is very important. Let me repeat. When you come, to a situation or when you find yourself in a situation where you feel agitated your nervous system is is triggered or activated it is important to go out of your brain and move into your body and what do I mean by this you remember when i said that i felt a wave of anger rising within me and something like a churning sensation in my stomach Those are sensations I felt in my body. I moved out of my brain and went looking in my body. Where am I feeling this stress? Where am I feeling a, a sensation or sensations? This is what I mean by you move out of your body and out of your brain and into your body. You have to scan and find like, where is the sensation of whatever is going on. Dr. Joe Dispenza said that thoughts are the language of the brain and emotions, and the language of the body. So when I came home and I saw a messy kitchen, I had different thoughts going on, and those thoughts produced different sensations in my body. When I felt angry, like I said, I felt a wave of anger in my stomach, I felt the sensation of anger in my stomach. I felt the sensation of anger as a churning a churning sensation, like something was churning away in my, my intestines. Those are the sensations we feel after we have a certain emotion. So when you enter into a situation, when you find yourself in a heightened, stressful situation, get out of your brain and move into your body. Try to find where is the sensation. Is it sometimes sensations can be like a tense tightness in your forehead, maybe a dry throat, maybe you feel like something is choking you and you can't speak, maybe you feel tightness in your chest, maybe you feel a wave like rising within the peat of your stomach, maybe you feel your intestines turning, maybe you feel like fire. For me, when I'm experiencing anxiety, I feel like My skin is on fire, like insects are crawling under my skin, like ants are crawling under my skin. Those are sensations that I feel as a result of whatever emotion is moving on around in my body. So we can calm our nervous system down by noticing these sensations in our bodies. And there are different ways to calm those sensations. Some people do intentional movements, like walking back and forth. Some people rock back and forth. Maybe they are sitting in a chair and they are rocking back and forth. Some people do deep breathing. You take a deep breath and you feel your breath down to your belly button. And you breathe out and focus on the breathing out. And then you take another long, deep in breathing and then you focus you breathe out from your belly that like you concentrate on these movements some people like to tap their fingers the whole modality on coming our nervous system down called tapping that i will not go into because i have not really studied it but i have seen people do it some people like to dance like they will make movements like they are dancing when they feel tense like there are different things people do to bring their nervous system down so it is not heightened over long periods of time. In this case, when I felt agitated, when my emotional response was heightened, I took a physical step back to scan my environment. I took a physical step back and I I registered. I say that my brain is registering messy stuff, My brain is registering things that are lying on, in the sink, like there is baking flour on the floor, like there is door, like door crumbs on the counters. There is door crumbs on the cabinet doors. And my brain is registering this as some form of threat, but I am fine. I am okay. I am doing fine. I am not physically threatened. These things are not threatening my physical existence. I am fine. Like I kept saying that to my brain. I am thinking like I'm feeling like this because I think right in the moment a thought came up for me. I think I thought that when my child left stuff the way she did, she was being disrespectful. So I had that thought that my this child is being disrespectful. I just cleaned and now look at this mess. She just walked away from the mess. This is disrespect from my 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 society where I come from. That is being disrespectful. When you do not leave things the way you have found them, they term that as being disrespectful. So I had a sentence in my brain. I had a thought, my child is being disrespectful, and that led me to feel anger. So I felt annoyed, angry, and anger gave off the sensation of churning in my stomach and a wave rising within me. But I just want to say one thing. Even learning to calm your nervous system down does not mean that you will not experience dysregulation in the future. When your nervous system is heightened or when it is activated, some people call it dysregulation. I think you've heard of this word. It's all over social media now. It is It is like the rage now. People like to say how they are dysregulated, how they are like stuff. But these techniques... The ones that I mentioned above, the deep breathing, the, the walking back and forth, the rocking back and forth, the dancing, the, some people, I have a friend of mine, she said when, when she is heightened, her nervous system is heightened, she likes to physically tap her fingers, like one from the, the pinky finger and like to physically touch them to register that she's safe. There is nothing wrong here. There is no harm here. Like she touches her fingers on both hands from the pinky to the thumb and back, pinky to the thumb, and she rationalizes with her brain that I am okay. I am okay. Nothing has happened to me. There is no danger here. There is no threat here. So these techniques do not switch off your nervous system. No, they don't. These are techniques to help us calm our nervous system down so it is not activated all the time our primitive brain and our nervous system, they are the body's alarm system. I don't think we can switch that off and that is not even the meaning of that. They are our our body's alarm system, they alert us to danger and they are supposed to keep us out of danger. The only problem is they do not know what is a threat to our lives and not. It is our job to let our nervous system and our primal brain know that we are threatened now. And when it gets activated and there is no threat, it is our job to let the nervous system and the primal brain know that there is no danger here. Calm down. I know a coach who, <laughs> one of my teachers, she said that I just part, I just part my, my, my primal brain and my nervous system back to sleep. Like when it gets heightened for no reason, I just part it back to to go back to sleep so I can go live my life. Let me repeat, because some people think that we can switch off the nervous system and the primal brain. I don't think we can do that. I may be wrong, but I don't think we can do that. And that is not the reason for doing this work. It is not to switch it off. The reason for doing this work is to learn how to regulate it when it gets heightened for no reason, when it gets heightened... For things that do not threaten our physical survival, we can calm it down and it comes down. This is the reason for doing this work. In times where you are faced with a physical threat to your life, this response prepares the body to either confront the threat or flee from the threat, allowing you to react quickly and effectively to potentially life-threatening conditions. This is why I say that I don't think we can switch it off And I don't think it will be a good idea, even if we could do that. I don't think it would be be a good idea. There's a reason why we have the nervous system and there's a reason why we have the primitive brain. When our nervous system remains in the state of heightened alertness for longer periods of time, it can lead to chronic stress. Like there's a ton of research that backs this up. Chronic stress has been linked to numerous health conditions, such as cardiovascular disease, some types of cancers, gastrointestinal issues, a weakened immune system, anxiety, and depression. That is why it is important to train to train our brain to be heightened when there is need, especially in this, I don't know, journey of motherhood. There are a lot of triggers. There are a lot of things that trigger us. There are a lot of things that heighten our nervous system response because the nervous system thinks that those things are a threat to our survival. But it is our job and this is my work. This is the reason why I do this work, is to help other moms who uh, feel stuck, who don't know, who think that this is how motherhood is supposed to be, who think that, oh, motherhood is about yelling. My kids don't listen to me unless I yell. Yelling is the only way I get their attention. That is false. I can stand on my two feet and say that that is false. Your kids listen to you when you yell because you have trained them to do that. And I can tell you as a person who has been there, you have trained you. You have, I think you have heard of the word, you have conditioned them to do that. You have conditioned them to think that unless you are yelling, they are not paying attention. It's not important unless you yell, but the more you yell, the more you heighten your nervous system response and the more your stressors, your stress, this is a whole nother topic that we shall discuss later on, on the podcast, but yelling is an action that we do because of how we feel. Yelling is a result of an emotion that we feel. And that emotion is fueled by a thought. When you think that my kids do not listen to me unless I yell, how do you feel? And when you, whatever you feel, how what do you do when you feel whatever you feel? Because you think that your kids do not listen unless you yell at them. Our reactions to stressors can change. If we look at why we react the way we do and take action to understand and manage our own emotions we not only become stronger emotionally but we become happier in our lives and in our families lives too thank you so much for listening i know this was a lot for somebody who's new to this work but i promise you we can do hard work we can do hard things if you decide That you want to do this work, you are tired of feeling the way you're feeling, you can do this work. I did it, and so can you. Take care, everyone. Talk to you again next week. Bye, all.
0: Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Your time means the world to us. If you found this episode valuable, we would be immensely grateful if you could spare a moment to visit Apple Podcasts and share your thoughts through a review. Your feedback plays a vital role in helping fellow moms discover our podcast and enrich their own motherhood experiences. Take care and bye for now.